Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 90, where we're discussing Namaste from season 5 of Lost. I saw you earlier today when you were helping Kate. I wanted to say something to you then. We're not supposed to know each other. Yeah. Um, I was looking for Sawyer. I guess I came to the wrong house. No. Come in. Good evening, Doc. You have a lot to talk about. Take a load off. You want a beer? No. <laughs> no, I'm fine. What can I do for you, Jack? Whew. I don't even know where to start. Uh, how about with Saeed? I had no choice. He was running around in the jungle, got caught by my people. See, that's how he can't tell the truth about how he got here. I had to improvise. Improvise? Uh-huh. For now, Saeed is safe, which is all that matters. So where do we go from here? I'm working on it. Really, because it looked to me like you were reading a book. I heard once Winston Churchill read a book every night, even during the Blitz. He said it made him think better. It's how I like to run things, I think. I'm sure that doesn't mean that much to you, because back when you were called in the shots, you pretty much just reacted. See, you didn't think, Jack. And as I recall, a lot of people ended up dead. I got us off the island. But here you are, right back where you started. So I'm gonna go back to reading my book, and I'm gonna think. Because that's how I saved your ass today. And that's how I'm gonna save Saeed's tomorrow. All you gotta do is go home and get a good night's rest. Let me do what I do. Ain't that a relief? Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 90 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing uh, Namaste from season five of Lost. And uh, as has been our custom here lately, I wanted to see, Anton, first, what you thought of the episode overall. Okay. Episode overall. I um, I didn't get a whole lot of... Uh, meat, I guess, from from this episode, um, yeah. but it was it, it, to me. It seemed more like a like a like this a story. Should I say? You know, you kind of got you kind of got a story rather than a mystery or you know like that. Yeah. It, was, it was more of like just kind of like a oh, you know, it's the stuff that you almost expected um, with a right. little bit of twist. Yeah, um, so, but I mean, I enjoyed the episode because because it, it kind of starts to bring everything together. But it was just um, very, um, to me, the, the tone of it was very mild and, and stayed consistent throughout the whole show. Yeah, and it wasn't a very deep episode, that's for no, sure. Um, that's not. my general overall impression of this episode. But I like it because it's, I do too. it's all about the characters and it's, you know, it in some ways it feels a lot like a season one episode because it is yeah. all about the characters. Yeah. But... Um, it's definitely a lightweight in terms of season five. Probably my least favorite episode of the season, but not one that I dislike in any way. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I probably would have to say the exact same thing. I, I did feel that season one type 
uh, feeling towards, and I like that because I do love the characters of the show so much. Yeah. Um, right. But at the same time, is we're so used to just, I mean, the season five so far has just been, you know, like ring the bell and just start throwing the punches. I mean, right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah, one was right. more mild, and you're kind of kind of took me back a little bit at the beginning, but I, I did enjoy the character stuff. Yeah, and what I do like about it is all of the different. Um, the implications of them actually being part of the Dharma Initiative and not only are Sawyer and Juliet and Miles and all of them part of it, now we've got Jack, Kate, you know, and Hurley yep. part of it too. Definitely, yeah. Uh, which leads into our, you know, reminds me, of course, of our, our previous discussions about, you know, if they were part of the Dharma Initiative, why they don't remember it. And we got tons of emails mm-hmm. of people who really did a great job explaining this and yep. we can talk about that a little bit later here in the episode. I'm okay, definitely yeah. understanding it a lot better now than I yeah, was me, before. Yeah, me as well. I've been reading them as they've been coming in. And, and it honestly, what their explanation is, and we'll get to it, but their explanation of it actually makes complete sense and honestly is a lot of what we were talking about, but I think we are complicated in our own theory. Yeah. yeah in a lot of, so. in we, a lot we of way. We do that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I said, village idiot people can hide their own Easter eggs, and I'm that person, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, let's jump into the episode here. Uh, the first section I have is the Ajira flight. Of course, we kind of flash back and we see what happened to everyone on the plane after the white flash. And uh, they kind of lost power and Lapidus manages to get the plane back under control. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I did notice is it went from being dark and before the flash to daylight right after right. the flash. Right. And uh, the co-pilot notices a runway on the island and they manage to land on it but the co-pilot is impaled on impact. They kind of go into the jungle and some windshields get broken and he gets uh, stuck onto the end of a tree tree, tree branch. Right. And we, we see that many of the people were left on the plane and didn't disappear when the flash happened. And Ben was one of those people and he tells Lapidus that the others are all gone. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to me. It was a couple things out of that scene. One... Obviously, they didn't wreck. So we, we, you know, we talked about that before. Had you know, Lapita's been flying a plane before, would it had wrecked? You know, and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But you know, this plane didn't wreck. They actually did land. And then two, this this um, oh uh, runway that had been built in part by Kate and Sawyer. Right. You <laughs> was, and it's like, did they know that this was going <laughs> to happen? You know, it's like it was yeah. almost like they were building this way in advance for this partic- yeah. this exact moment. Which is extremely interesting because it's almost as if Ben's people had some sort of prompting or information right. that told them that that runway needed to be built mm-hmm. almost because that plane was going to be landing there in the future. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's what messes me up about this whole show. It's because it's it, you know everything seems to fit as a perfect puzzle. You know, yeah. <laughs> but the, the puzzle pieces, and and we don't have any idea what we're creating. But they they all go in a certain order, and no matter what, no matter what, it seems like this is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole, the whole theory behind whatever happens happens, or whatever you however you say right. that. But it's like they knew, or at least had some kind of prompting, like you said, to build this runway, and mm-hmm. they. I mean, I don't. I mean, I want to know if they knew why. You know, like if Ben knew, oh, in a few years, there's going to be a plane that's going to like crash land here and we need a runway for them to, to land on. You know, I want right. to know if they know that or if it's just like build a runway. Yeah, exactly. And how much they knew. And I mean, it's obviously, I think it's pretty safe to assume that these directions would be coming from either Ben himself or from Jacob or right. somebody like that. Yep. So, you know, why did they build it? Right. Well, back when, actually, back, oh, back when, well, back when we were they were building the runway, we thought maybe they were going to have an airplane take off or something from there. You know, we're like, uh-huh. what world they need a runway for? It was such a mystery. But now it's like, oh, okay, but still a mystery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, on the beach, uh, Lapidus tells everyone, of course, that the island isn't on his charts, so he doesn't know where they are exactly. And Caesar comments that he saw some buildings and animal cages. And uh, then Ben kind of takes that as his cue to leave, uh, leave the group behind, and he heads towards them. Uh, Sun decides to follow Ben, and uh, Ben says he's going back to their island and asks her if she wants to come. She goes along, and eventually Lapidus catches up to them, 
and Sun says she's going back to the main island with Ben. And uh, Lapidus asks her if she's sure she can trust him and all this stuff. And she says she has to trust him. He tries to talk her out of it, but eventually Sun knocks Ben out and says she lied. Now, this all seems really weird to me because why did she follow Ben in the first place and pretend to go along with it and go along with his plan right. just to knock him out? I mean, why didn't she just go on her own and go back to the other island? Well, to me, it had a real feel of what Ben just had done to Locke. Get the information and then off him. You know, it's like she didn't know exactly what to do, but she used Ben to get what she needed and then knocked him mm-hmm. out. You know, it's what it kind of felt like, but because she didn't know okay. there was a boat there. She didn't know exactly that they needed to go to the other side of the, uh, the other island and those types of things. But oh, that's she, true. You know, so that's she got true. the information. I guess she didn't know about the whole double island situation. Right like Sawyer and all of them did. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And I think even when Ben was sitting there, I mean, I'm not sure that Ben, I mean, he probably did because he's, you know, been there so much, but it seemed like when Ben found out that they were on the island with the, the bear um, cages and things like that, he realized mm-hmm. which island he was on was like, oh, okay, I need to go to the other island, you know? Right. Because he kind of yeah. got like this whole like, oh, aha moment and then decided, well, now I know where I need to go. But what I didn't right. get is how he knew that there was boats there. Yeah, that's true. I did pick that up too. He said there, you know, there are, I forget what he called them now. Yeah, I forget. But he said there are three something or others up there, and I'm going to take one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I didn't like he noticed it on the plane, you know, as they right. were crashing. <laughs> you know, You're right, you know? You're right. Uh, huh. and, and it, that's it, interesting. He had no indication of really... I mean, I guess he knew that they were at some point in the future, or not future, but like at least some point past whenever the the bears and stuff weren't there, obviously, because right. they were just empty cages and abandoned buildings. But, you know, how how would he know that those boats would still be there is my, is my question. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this seems like a small mystery, but it's definitely something worth worth noting, I think. Yeah. And it was, well, it just kind of plays into that, like that... Um, idea that Ben has an understanding or a knowing of something um, bigger, you know, like he already has this idea of what's going to happen. Right. You know, with the runway or with this, I mean, it's like he already has promptings. When you get to the island, you're to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's almost, I mean, it makes you think of the whole runway situation that mm-hmm. they were prepared in some way for what was going to happen in the future. Yep, and the and box, now, and the buried box in the jungle, you know, when he was out there and he was he he was out going, yeah. you know, it's like he right, had this box. Right, when he pulled the mirror out and yeah. signal and all that stuff at the, at the uh, orchid station. Right, right. Yeah, right. Like, almost if I were to put, uh, if I almost had to jump out in the theory here, like Ben had already been to the future, you know, through this whole thing, kind of like the John Locke thing, and had prepared right. certain things for himself in the before. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like they they've have some plans and information, and they've just been following it, kind of following orders word for word to make sure that they are able to deal with the circumstances that are going down right now. Or, no, well, well, guess what I'm saying is, is that it, you know how how John Locke had went through the past and kind of like seen certain events and kind of and like had had Richard help him whenever he'd even know he had Richard, you know, to help him, you know, whenever he was shot. Richard came to his aid at that point. It almost seems like Ben had been through certain periods and went ahead and put things in order so when he actually has to okay. live them out, they're already there. I see what you're saying. Okay, kind of like he's experienced part of it before right. and kind of made some changes and left things for himself right. to make the second time through a little easier. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to add it to the list of mysteries for now yeah. until we yeah. get some kind of answers sure. on that. So, uh, Son and Frank get to the other island and pull up on the pier and everything is all messed up. There's no one around and things have been completely let go. Mm-hmm. And uh, they begin to hear whispers and then a light comes on in one of the cabins and Christian Shepherd opens the door. Scary. Son asks if he knows where Jen is and he says, follow me. He takes them to the place where Jack and the others were, you know, having their little orientation and 
getting their work assignments, and he pulls one of the Dharma Initiative photos off the wall, and all of them are in the photo in 1977. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, but you have a bit of a journey ahead of you. Mm-hmm. N- now, any thoughts on this journey that, you know, son's going to have to go through in order to get back with Jen? Man, I actually have no theories there. I was just, I was actually, yeah. when he said it, I was like, what in the world is she going to have to do to, like, travel travel back you know i mean i don't know if she has to reconstruct something to make that possible or 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 whatever but it was definitely freaky to see the the buildings all like condemned and or you know like all grown up and things all just knocked around and then christian living among them right it almost looked like a graveyard i'll jump ahead there uh bck lockhart in the forums part of his message which we'll read and you know completely later wanted to know if Sun and Frank were at the barracks that was last inhabited by the others, why is there still Dharma stuff? Signs, photos, etc. It's almost like the others were never there. Did something change in the past? Mm. So obviously yeah. the last we saw, the barracks was totally under control of, of Ben and the others. Mm-hmm. So why is there still this building that's like appears to have last been used by the Dharma Initiative? That, I mean that that's that is interesting. Um, huh? It, it almost seemed like the the way it sits now. It seems like the Dharma Initiative was just like fizzled out and was just done. You know what I'm saying? Like n- there was never a war. There was never this like battle between the others, and then it was just like the Dharma Initiative like closed. That's kind of the way it sits, you know. Uh, and they abandoned the place. Um, I, that is very interesting because I don't obviously been in them. I don't think we keep all that old Dharma stuff up. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a puzzle. I think because I don't think there were supposed to think that the others just left this one building, how it was and decided not to change it, you know, for their purposes. It's almost like they're seeing a version of that building that has been left abandoned by the Mm -hmm. Dharma initiative Almost mm-hmm. like it's not the building as it would actually be today. It's like an alternate version of what right. that building would have been. But it makes no sense in my mind. It's it's kind of hard to explain. But I, I, know, um, I think I know what you're getting at, though. But I think that's that's the only thing that makes any sense to me is is why they would have this old Dharma building with these photos and everything in it. And it could just be kind of like, you know, mystery land, you know, with your special host, Christian Shepherd, you know, where it's right. not even a real place. It's just this mystery place that he's using to communicate with Sun and, and Lapidus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I could see that because I've, I've seen, you know, obviously stuff with Christian doesn't seem to be actual. Yeah. You know, it seems, seems to be different. So yeah. I could definitely see that to be the case for sure. Almost like it's it's almost like a, a made up, you know, extension to Jacob's cabin. Like mm-hmm. it's a new a new back room that Christian Shepherd built onto it. It's exactly. equally creepy, but it's also it just happens to be in the same location as yeah. where the Dharma barracks were before. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely freaked me out just to see the light come on and then him oh, standing yeah. there. Yeah. That was that was a great scene just because it was so eerie, and yeah. you know to have this totally abandoned Dharma stations, you know, or these buildings, and like for him to just show up out of one of these abandoned buildings as if yeah, he were oh, yeah. sitting in there, sitting in there in the dark, waiting for them to show up or something. <laughs> yeah. I know, I hate that. <laughs> scares me to death. <laughs> oh, he's so creepy. Yeah. Okay, so thirty years earlier. At this mo- same moment, Sawyer is laying his eyes on Kate for the first time. Uh, they all mm-hmm. have a nice reunion, and Sawyer tells them that they're in the Dharma jumpsuits because they're in the Dharma initiative, and they're 30 years in the past. So this might be a good point for us to talk about the whole time travel situation and mm-hmm. um, all of the feedback we had from people about making sense of this whole thing. Don't you Definitely. think? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, we've got a lot of emails, but they all pretty much said the same thing, mm-hmm. which was that, I mean, and we're going to find this out, I think, um, here very soon, but um, even though this is happening in the past, mm-hmm. that, that this is their present, 
It's right. you know, and I think yeah, we, have, still... we have a great voicemail later on from Jed who explains it pretty clearly too. But yeah. that all makes sense now. So there's no yeah. reason why Sawyer would have remembered being in the Dharma Initiative when they crashed on the island because he sure. hadn't been in the Dharma Initiative yet. Right. Right. Um, he's still 39 years old or whatever. Yeah. He's right. Yeah, so he's... that makes sense to me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me as well. Um, and the people that are there in the Dharma Initiative would always have had a memory of Lafure Le- being there because right. it happened in their past. Well, I, that I don't know. I mean, <laughs> here we go. Well, it, it, it has to, well, it makes sense to the Widmore case. Widmore yeah. always had a memory of John Locke. And John mm-hmm. Locke ne- didn't have a memory because it hadn't happened in his present time yet. It hadn't happened in Widmore's past. Okay, I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay, but... <laughs> We're going to mess around theory up again. Oh, man, I know. Here we go. I know. Man, and I, I'm not even sure I can put it into words here. <laughs> it's kind of a combination of, of my new understanding of this stuff and our old theory. Okay. I mean, if if all of that stuff hadn't happened, okay, let's take John Locke for example. Okay. John Locke in 2004, I guess it is, or 2007, whatever, goes back to 1954 and meets, um, what's his name, Charles Widmore for the first time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Locke's meeting him for the first time but in Charles Widmore, that becomes a memory. Yeah, it, it's it's yes because it's it's Widmore's nineteen sixty four and it's John right. Locke's two thousand and one two thousand seven. Okay, gotcha. Whatever. Yeah. So, but he but he is actually creating me- new memories for people, right? Right. Right. He's but in effect, still he's changing the past to and some de- to some degree, correct? And yeah, that's my understanding that he is, and I believe the same thing to be true with the these people joining the Dharma group. I believe they're changing the past to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean those those people are now they were they are forever been memories to the people on the island, but they weren't mem- that wasn't a memory to them because they hadn't done it yet. But to me, right. that changes the past. Right. Yeah, That's my issue with it. And, I, and I'm not spoiling anything, I don't think, by telling you that, you know, here I think it's the very next episode. Um, there is an exchange of dialogue that happens between uh, characters on the show to try to make a lot of sense out of this. Because I think the okay. writers anticipated that this would be very confusing um, and would want to want us to understand. So I mean, but, maybe but it's best for us to just wait until we see that. Sure. That um, that might be the case because, but what doesn't make sense to me is you're still just as confused after watching the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and now, but that's the thing is I don't quite remember the conversation. Oh, okay. I remember little parts of it, but not enough to where I can say, okay, this makes sense because I remember sure. this, you know? Yeah. So, Cause I don't, what I don't want to do is I don't want to like get into the whole, like the complications of it again and get people hating us because we just can't get this thing. <laughs> no, I know. I did actually talk to, to the person who, you know, seem to disagree quite a bit. And I, and I uh-huh. changed my mind about him. I think he's just trying to keep things exciting and, and I really appreciate what he's doing. So I don't think we need to worry about upsetting anybody. We can just, you know, if we're confused, we're confused and we're going to let everybody know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's let's so painfully it. let's obvious wait. with me. Let's kind yeah. of save, forget it for now. And hopefully sure. the next episode or whenever that conversation happens, everything will make sense to us. Okay. Sounds okay? great to me. Okay, so um, Jack tells Jen that Sun was on the plane, um, and Jen rushes off to the flame, saying if a plane mm-hmm. landed on the island, Radzinski will know. So, yeah. of course, this Radzinski is the guy who was down in the, the Swan Station with Desmond, or not Desmond, with um, Kelvin. Yeah, with the... With Kelvin, yeah, that's right, yeah, Kelvin, and he's the guy that you know apparently blew his brains out, yeah, because you know, he couldn't take it or something. Yep. Yeah, so, it's uh, interesting to meet. Yeah, him, I mean that's pretty sure. cool that we're actually starting to get around to these people who were mentioned way back in season two. Yeah. And I think it's exciting that we're actually going to get you know story to fill in some of these gaps that were left way back in season two. Also, definitely, definitely get to kind of know their person personalities and with this guy definitely don't like him out of the gate yeah 
So uh, Sawyer rushes back to the barracks and tells Juliet that they're all back, and she's pretty shocked. And I and I really picked up that she was worried too. It's yeah. kind of like she knows Kate's back on the island. She's back in the picture, and she's somewhat worried about how Sawyer's going to respond to that. Yeah, is it just me though? But uh, but did Juliet look gorgeous in this like episode? Like for whatever reason, they cast her and like they way she they did her up in this this episode, like she looked really pretty. Like it was almost yeah. intentionally trying to yeah. show that, you know, I thought they made, they tried to make her look like even better in this episode than they have in past episodes. Like, yeah, me too. Like outshining. They Kate. kind of wanted oh. us to look at her like the Dharma or the others scientist. And now yeah. it's like, they wanted us to look at her as Sawyer's girl, you know? Yeah. And just the way they shot her, they shot her with, I mean, I mean, I'm now we're getting in like, you know, the way light and stuff like that. But they, they, the way they shot her a lot, if you noticed, there was a lot of like light on her face, you know, like right. really bright and just, and when you looked at Kate, you didn't see that. They shot her more in a dark background yeah. type a matter role. of fact, I'm going to go as far as to say Kate's looking pretty rough these days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's just me or not, but she, like, she doesn't look like the young, you know, 24, 25 year old Kate that started the show in season one. No, but you know what's interesting about it is they shot Jack, Kate, and Hurley all the same way. They all looked just bad. You're right. And you're the, right. And you yeah. look you look at Sawyer and the rest of the people that's been on the island, they look really like light and just mm-hmm. vibrant, you know. And maybe that uh, is intentional too, because of the rough lives, you know, Jack and Kate and, you know, Hurley have been experiencing so. off the island. Maybe yeah, it's I completely, think so. you know, for artistic reasons. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you look at, you look at like, you know, in the, like you go, like you just said, you look back whenever it was just first starting season one and two, Jack mm-hmm. and, and Kate, and they were, they were just kind of like this, I don't know, like dream team, you know, yeah, they look, right. they were beautiful and, you know, had all this great things going for them. And now you look at them and you're going, man, they're a train wreck. And mm-hmm. you look at, you look at Sawyer and, and Juliet, and you're going, wow, I'd really rather be them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so. it, that's very cool because I've noticed it several times before and just kind of chalked it up to, you know, well, they've been doing this show for uh, four years, four or five years now. And, you know, it's a rough schedule. And But I really do think that it's it's all purposefully done. Me too. Um, just to show the wear and tear on those characters who've been off the island versus right. – the beautiful people who have stayed on the island and yeah. had this wonderful seventies lifestyle and, and all that stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, how about just the feeling whenever Jack and Kate and then were in that line and you had this music going, it was almost like a luau, you yeah. know, it was like this real <laughs> fun, like, you yeah, know, it's I, such a contrast. I especially liked all the, the afros and stuff and the puffy hairdos and, and yeah. all the stuff that the people had as they walked around. Some of them were just laughably bad, but Oh, of course. <laughs> but it was it was great. Jack looked like um, Fred from Scooby-Doo, you know, with brown <laughs> hair. Yeah, yeah, he kind of did, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, let's see here. In the flame, we see Radzinski building what appears to be a model of the Swan Station mm-hmm. on top of some blueprints. Yep. And uh, Jen has him check to see if there's been any sign of a plane, and of course there hasn't been because the plane is 30 years ahead of them. Right. And, uh, however, a motion sensor is tripped and Radzinski says there's a hostile in the area and Jen rushes out and finds Saeed running through the jungle. Radzinski shows up and they have to take him in as prisoner. Later, uh, well, is there any, first off, before I move on, is there anything about that whole stuff that you wanted to talk about? The only thing that's interesting is that, that they ended up in different locations. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of, that's kind of interesting to me that, you know, Jack, Kate and Hurley ended up in fairly similar, you know, location and Saeed for whatever reason was out in the jungle. Yeah. And now I'm, what I can't remember very well is the location of the flame station compared to, well, I guess we don't really know where Jack, you know, Hurley and Kate no, were at. Just the they were in the water. This, yeah, just in the water. I, I assumed it was in the same place where they, the big, big pool where they dove down to get the case in season yeah one i kind of did i kind of did too but i don't know i don't know but but it just it just seems i mean because um 
right right around there. I mean, they would have. I, I would assume they would have seen Saeed if he would have been close. But you know, he was wandering through the jungle, and you know, yeah. But that just and, for what I mean, there's nothing really there. I just wonder why. And and I do you also find yourself kind of unhappy with just the whole state of Saeed, how he's kind of oh, off yeah. and running around and he's on his own very much doesn't seem interested at all in being associated with any of them. And he's kind yeah. of off doing his own thing. I, I find I that really, kind of disappointing. Oh, most definitely. Cause actually right now Saeed is a totally a loner and really just very un Saeed like, you know, yeah. just, I mean, I guess I can kind of get it if he was ripped from, you know, what he really felt called to back in the main, you know, the the real world and, right. you know, and brought back into this position. But but at the same time, it's just kind of disappointing because you want the team, you see the team slowly piece him back together, and mm-hmm. it just seems like he's the odd the odd person now. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see here. Later, Juliet is talking to Amy, Horace's wife or whatever, and uh, who had who just had the baby a few episodes. I think it was the last episode, wasn't it, when she had right, the baby? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Juliet asks if they've decided on a name for the baby, and she says, yes, we have. We're going to name him Ethan. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So Ethan is Horace's son, which we didn't know mm-hmm. before. No. Um, which I don't know if that really means anything, but it's nonetheless worth noting, I think, considering how much he had to do with season one and how important of a character he was then. I think it does mean something to me. I think it means a lot because I think he was raised by two leaders in the Dharma Initiative. Mm-hmm. And he obviously had a probably a fairly big role. And I could see now why Ben would want to get him gone, you know, kill him off. And maybe why he didn't agree with what Ben was doing. Yeah, you know what I just occurred to me is... Like you just said, he was raised in the Dharma Initiative, right? But yet ended up being another. He was still another, yeah. So he has had to have escaped the purge, which means right. he was either in cahoots with Ben or had told him ahead of time that he wanted to be a part of the others, mm-hmm. or something. Something, something had to had happen, to happen there, there, right? That caused him not to be purged with the rest of right. the Dharma Initiative. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that that never I never thought about that before. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, well, you came up with that theory. You came up with that pretty much yourself uh, out of just what I said, but <laughs> that was pretty good from you. <laughs> um, but no, I I like uh, I like that for sure, and I definitely that's why I was, I was thinking that there has to be something be- deeper between him and Ben. You know, mm-hmm. um, almost like Ben th- was threatened by him uh, to a certain degree um, because we had asked why. It seemed like Ben was ostracized by the others. Yeah, you know he had he had kind of done his own thing, and and I almost wonder if it wasn't because either he had been, you know, at odds with Ben because of their different beliefs and what should be going on, or Ben was threatened by his position because he was his his father used to run the Dharma Initiative. Right. That's true. Now something else just popped in my mind about Ethan. Uh, whenever they were skipping through time, at that one point, Locke mm-hmm. kind of bumped into Ethan, who was holding yep. the gun on him. Yep. Why was Ethan, the doctor, running around in the jungle with a gun? That, I mean, that'd be a good, be a good um, add-in to what you just said. Yeah. He escaped from the purge and was uh-huh. protecting himself and then somehow got back in cahoots with them. That's That could be. Yeah, I guess... Um, What's kind of hard to tell is obviously we do have kind of an age gauge here because Ethan's just been born and mm-hmm. Ben is what, I mean, 10, 12, something like that. Right. So I don't know how the timeline works out because we saw what age Ben was about. Well, I guess well, it's hard to tell what they were trying to communicate. When the purge happened. He seemed yeah. fairly, fairly young, maybe in his thirties, maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ethan would have been in his you know twenties, right? So it it could have been that he was you know that was right around the same time, but I don't know. Right. But that's nonetheless that's the first time I've really connected the dots that Ethan would have had to have been either escaped the purge or Ben would have had to have have allowed him you know to right. not be killed. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. Okay. 
So Sawyer gets back to Jack, Kate, and Hurley and gives them some clothes. He says they're going to be posing as recruits who came in on the sub. He gets them back to the barracks and gets them in with the other new recruits. And Miles shows up and he says they've got a 14J at the flame, meaning uh, Saeed. And Sawyer mm-hmm. calls and Jen tells him that they've got Saeed. Sawyer shows up and interrogates slash informs Saeed of what's going on. And one thing he said is the terms of the truce say you have to identify yourself as a hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, which if we make some, you know, conclusions based on that, it's almost like, and I may be totally in left field here, that if they have to identify themselves as a hostile, does that mean there's a potentially a third group of people they could be from as well? Right. Like, like there may, okay, let's say, somebody shows up at the Dharma camp and you know, they could potentially not be an other and not be somebody in the Dharma initiative, which kind of indicates there could be a third group of people Mm -hmm. that they're from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that definitely indicates that. And it could also reason why that could have been part of the deal is because Richard could say, I know there's people bouncing around through here that aren't part of either one of us, you know, mm-hmm. i.e. Right. Jack and them because he's had experience with them lock and those types of things. So maybe he's saying, I want to know who's who, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and if, 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 if old Sawyer hadn't have led him, then obviously they would have known that he was neither one. Yeah. Because, you know, right. so, but you know, so if Richard finds somebody out there and, you know, Richard's not going to lead you in questioning, he's going to know if you're part of the Dharma Initiative or you're part of another group. Yeah. So he manages to get Saeed away from Radzinski and uh, takes him to a cell back at the barracks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, they, back with Jack and Kate and all of them, they go inside and they get their work assignments, which, you know, which Sawyer had kind of set up in advance. And I think it's kind of be it's supposed to be a bit of comedy that Jack is assigned to be a workman. Um, yeah. And Chang says, you know, based on your aptitude test, you'll be doing janit- janitorial work. And yeah, I thought that was, that was actually kind of a good. Um, it was almost like a hidden joke. You can you can imagine Sawyer getting all this stuff set up and taking the time to assign yeah. Jack to be the janitor. You know, just to slap him in the face a little bit. Right. And uh, some guy is checking Kate in and says that Kate wasn't on the list. And, of course, Juliet shows up at that moment with an updated manifest and saves the day. So Jack, later that night, goes to Sawyer's house. And Juliet opens the door, so now he's aware of their relationship. And Jack and he have a kind of a heated conversation about how Sawyer's the leader now. And Sawyer Mm -hmm. points out a few flaws in Jack's leadership methods from before. And basically, he says he's going to think overnight and come up with a plan to save Saeed. The biggest thing about that scene was that was Jack's response. You know, he basically goes right along with it. He's not fighting for position and he's very much a different person. And you can tell Saeed or Saeed, you can tell Sawyer notices it right away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wondering where this difference in Jack has come from. I mean, I think he believes what Sawyer's saying because he believes Sawyer made the right decision in staying. Yeah. You know, even though he says, you know, I got I got us off this island. Well, you're back. You're getting us off this island doesn't really hold much weight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like everything that Jack did in the past, other than his doctor type abilities, you know, was all done in vain because yeah. they ultimately had to come back anyway. So I really like that this scene because Sawyer really, really came off as just this solid, smart leader, you know? And it was kind of like, I mean, just a whole different, like you said, there's just a whole different Jack and a whole different Sawyer here. Right. And now what's confusing or not confusing, I guess what's really interesting to me is that Jack was so bent on getting back to this island, I'm assuming so he could return to the role he was in before. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to get back to being the leader, the, you know, strong personality that he was. And that's like, he's okay with the fact that he's getting back here. And for the most part, seems to be almost on a lower level than he was in the real world. He's yeah. just kind of oh, blending yeah. in, following orders, you know, mopping floors and he's happy. Yeah. I think it beats what he had outside of there a million times. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so too. 
let's see here. Yo, the last note I have, of course, is, of course, young Ben shows up um, and delivers a sandwich to Saeed, and Saeed ends up finding out that it is Ben, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that was a really interesting uh, little thing. I mean, what what is kind of um, interesting about that is that, well, you know what? Which we probably shouldn't even talk about that because it goes back into the theory about whole whole why Ben Ben should remember <laughs> Saeed. You know, but here's the thing: I guess he does. Ben knew. Ben knew Jax and Kate and Sawyer or and Saeed and all of them. He knew all of them, even mm-hmm. in season one. And so that makes more sense to me now, actually. Like he had well, a memory of them. I don't know because the, from so far from what we understand of this, he didn't know them until they went back in time to see him, you know, and saw him as a kid. So he didn't know him this whole time. But see, he my just, theory is, my theory is, well, if I hear what I think everybody else is saying, I think that he would because it happened in his past. But it didn't happen in his past until it happened in their present. Yeah, that's where the weirdness goes. See, that's why I said let's not bring it up. Never mind. Let's just go on. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just uh, ignore that conversation for now. Yes. Forget until that. Hope, I think it's the next episode. Right. Okay. Well, um, I came up with two big questions about this episode. Okay. Um, one is why didn't all of the Ajira passengers end up in the same year? Why do yeah. we have one group in the present and one group in the past? You know, to me, it would have to be one group grasped the idea of the mindset mm-hmm. and the group, other group didn't. They physically were changed, but not their emotional state and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? They physically crashed on this island. But like mm-hmm. to me, it seems like Sawyer and uh, – or not Sawyer, um, Jack and Kate and them um, really grasped the emotion part of it and maybe son for whatever reason didn't and you understand why Locke didn't and you understand maybe understand why ben didn't and the rest of them had no idea what was going on right you know it's like it's like the ones that really were committed got to go on and the other ones are gonna have to fight to go on yeah now but the one thing that that confuses me about that is so far the time flashes have uh-huh. seemed to not, they're not really like a will of the island. It's almost like it's a mechanical thing. Sure. And like, um, so it doesn't seem like the flash would have only happened for a certain group because of, of reasons such as that. It's like there has to be a more like simple explanation. Like, yeah. Like a more practical yeah. explanation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think here. I was even trying to think of like, if Jack, Kate, and and uh, Saeed and all of them sat on one side, mm-hmm. and the others on the other side, but I actually think that they were divided pretty evenly. Yeah. Or if we even look at it, you know, more practically than that, I mean, of course, there's very little difference between Sun and Jack, Kate, and Hurley. Right. So it seems odd that you know, even if the island did choose the people that it wanted to bring back in time why would she not have been chosen and everybody right. else was? Right. Uh, yeah, Maybe I it's don't. just because the writers didn't want to bring Son and Jin back together so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's write all about. it was. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily get it, but it, it's yeah. making for a great mystery. Yeah. And then my other question was, you know, what's going to happen between Jin and Son? You know, Christian yeah. made reference to this big journey ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this whole time travel stuff has been very mechanical. It's not something that really can be manipulated. I mean, other than right. her going down there and turning that wheel, which could have very unpredictable consequences. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But how in the world is she supposed to get to the same time period as Jen? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I have no idea, like I said, unless there is some type of like, you know, time traveling 
machine there, you know, that she's got to <laughs> yeah. find and fix, you know, yeah. the flux capacitor or something like we've yeah. talked about in the past. <laughs> But I, but I don't just, know. I'm, those are kind of the two big things so far in this season. I mean, obviously, we've got a huge list of questions from previous seasons. But right now, those are my big questions Yeah, with the show. I, I guess my third question is now, what the heck's up with Locke? Because he wasn't even in this episode. You know? <laughs> yeah, I and, didn't even notice. Wow. I forget. Yeah. Where was Locke the last time we were with him? He was in the sick the sick bay looking at Ben. And then Ben's oh, awake yeah. and out gotcha. and... But there's been okay. never there's not been any action any action between the two of them, mm-hmm. you know. And Locke just seems to be like gone. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're not necessarily assuming anything is going on. They may just maybe just decided not to put it in this episode. But it's yeah. really weird, though. I mean, like, okay, it, how can you not put Locke in this episode? Yeah. Right. You know, I just so there to me it just has to mean something you know i mean yeah. I, I hope maybe the next episode will say oh Locke went off on a little venture or something like that and that's why we didn't see him right uh, but also we have to understand i mean remember that he was dead so what type of person is he is he a person is he more christian like is he you know i don't know right yeah no doubt there's a lot to be learned i think about Locke as you know post dead lock and, and <laughs> dead yeah and definitely. what he's going to look like now versus before. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that. Me too. Well, uh, anything else before we get into our feedback here? That's it for me. Okay. Well, BCK Lockhart writes, so the runway that Sawyer and Kate helped build was the runway that Flight 316 used to land. Back in Season 3, we all wondered what the runway was for, and I guess this was it? When the flash occurred on the plane, night turned to day, so I assume there was some sort of time displacement forward or back, but mm-hmm. it doesn't appear to be too far from the present, but they definitely don't seem to be in the same time as Kate, Jack, and Hurley. Of course, we are all asking why Sun didn't go with them. The reunion of Sawyer and Hurley was great and felt genuine. The others, of course, were a bit more awkward based on their past history. Remember her face now, James? Finally, Jen can speak English and we won't comment on it. He's been yeah. there. Th- he's had three years to learn. <laughs> Good episode. I really enjoyed it. Radzinski, the flame, the swan model, baby Ethan, the picture of Hurley, son, wax, or the picture of Hurley, son, wax, Ben, and Jack and Kate as new Dharma recruits in 1977. This episode was packed with tons of interesting tidbits with Sun and Jen being separated by 30 years time, wait a minute. With Sun and Jen being separated by 30 years time, will Sun run into an elderly Jen, or did Jen die in the purge? What about Jack, Kate, Hurley, and Saeed? Poor Saeed, he just doesn't have a clue what's going on. If Sun and Frank were on, at the barracks that was last inhabited by the others, why is there still Dharma stuff, signs, photos, etc.? It's almost like there's the other, like the others were never there. Did something change in the past? The final scene was amazing. Young, young Ben helps Saeed. Thanks so much, BCK, for your comments. And again, if you'd like to fee- uh, post feedback about upcoming episodes, you can do so at our forums at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums, or you can click on the link at the top of the page. And uh, yeah, great points there. It was a good episode. Yeah. I mean, some yeah, cool things happen, nice little interesting things, but nothing that really, um, you know, knocked my socks off by any right. means. Right, right. Definitely a great episode, you know. Yeah. Not disappointed we, at all. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying I wasn't disappointed at all. It's just a great episode all in all. Yeah. And we've got a voicemail from Jed here. Let's listen to that as well. Okay. Hey, Anton Evan. It's Jed from Des Moines. And... Uh, once again, I'm listening to uh, LaFleur right now. I'm, I'm listening to your show, and I have to stop it and call you. Man, you guys are just having a fantastic conversation. This is a really great episode, and you're having a great conversation. I just love listening to the two of you uh, just go off and talk about how much you enjoy the show. Um, but you were just talking about uh, understanding this time travel uh, mess that is lost and uh, what happened happened sort of thing. And I, let me just throw some a quick message at you, and maybe this will help. Um, and yeah, I think when you see the next few episodes, you'll get it too. But uh, Sawyer doesn't know because Sawyer, let's just say Sawyer's 
35, 37 years old. He's 37 years old um, when the plane crashes on the island. He's that age when he goes back to 1974. Sawyer is still 37 years old. He has 37 years of knowledge of the world in his mind. He might be living in the 70s. That doesn't mean that the Sawyer who is alive in the 70s, there's two Sawyers alive. There's, there's a child out in the world somewhere, in, in America somewhere, who is Sawyer. And then there's the Sawyer on the island who is 37. Now, if Sawyer went to that child who is himself and told him his experiences, then yes, he would, he would be on the plane as it crashes knowing he's going to be in the 70s. But the 37-year-old Sawyer on the island in the 70s, that is his present time. That is his present. So he therefore only knows what's happened to him. I mean, it's, uh, he, he wouldn't have any knowledge before that, he was going to be in the Dharma Initiative. There's no reason to. Time is linear in a sense for each person. Sawyer was on the island. He traveled back in time. But it doesn't mean that he had knowledge of the 70s before he traveled back in time. Huh. You know, saying that out loud um, didn't really help you at all, did it? I, I tried. i, I got to clean up the blood that's coming out of my nose. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for your call, Jed. Uh, like I said, I, I think that you're spot on with your explanation there. Um, and I, I think we'll just hold off on any more discussions about this until yeah. we get the explanation that the writers actually give us through the dialogue in the next one or two episodes. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for your call. And um, let's see, anything else here before we wrap this up? Uh, that's it for me. All right, then. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening on Sunday, we're going to be discussing... Wait a minute, Sunday. I think it's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah, Friday yeah. He's our you. Um, any ideas what that episode is about? What is it called again? Uh, it's, it's called He's Our You. Hmm, he's Our, <laughs> our You. Yeah, it's kind of an a interesting phrase, and I remember being really clueless about yeah, I don't what know. the episode could possibly be about. No, I don't really... I don't know at all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, we hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.